This is We Can't Call It The Enterprise, a podcast not about Star Trek. I'm Valerie. And I'm Scott. Season 1, Episode 5, First Commandment. Yeah, so First Commandment, we uh, immediately see a couple of uh, SG personnel that we're not familiar with being chased by cavemen with wacky hair on the outskirts of Burnaby. I did a double take and thought that maybe I would accidentally playing the episode from last time. Yeah, 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 exactly. Because, uh, yeah, I guess it was nighttime and there's a whole bunch of cavemen running around. But these cavemen have clay eggheads. Those were some pretty weird-looking masks. That, they had to be papier-mâché, didn't they? Yeah, definitely. Those were definitely papier-mâché. And I, They're I basically they were... like a papier-mâché half-egg with a shitty little face punched out in it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That would have been... Uh... They, yeah, so they looked pretty goofy, but uh, I also like the people with the wacky hair. Stargate does a lot of wacky hair. I guess they do, yeah. Well, what are what are like other instances of wacky hair? It just seems to be like one of their key signifiers that someone's a primitive is they've got long hair and it's super messy. Yeah, I guess that's true. Well, there are the Nox also, who we I guess are signaled to think later on that they're primitive because of their wacky hair, but then they end up being not primitive. Patented fun Valerie fact. Um, the actor for Cork, Armin Shimmerman, is one of the knocks in that episode. Wow, I didn't, I did not know that. I guess I'm There's looking forward to. There's a lot of to... like one episode Star Trek actors in this show. Yeah, there are. Uh, I'm sure we'll find some of them as we go. But uh, yeah, so we see an execution of somebody by another SG guy, and we know that he's an SG guy because he's wearing dog tags. And his hair isn't super wacky, but it's, like, getting there. It's, like, a little wacky, but not quite. You can tell that he hasn't gone full native, but he is getting unhinged. Yeah, he's got a pretty weird-looking robe on of some kind, and his skin's not looking too good. So that's kind of the intro to the episode. So we know that we're in another... We're on another caveman world, um, and this time the SG team (laughs) seems to have turned on each other. So who knows what's going on here. Uh, And then I guess we get a cut to sunscreen being applied. Yeah, we get a transition to the SG-1 team rolling into a very similar looking forest. (laughs) Yeah, and Teal'c is like, like, look, the ancients were from Vancouver. That's why... (laughs) (laughs) That's why they they only pick worlds that look like Vancouver. So... More specifically, they turn everything into Vancouver. So basically, they, they like, they surreify all the planets. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's not enough strip malls here. We need more. <laughs> we, <laughs> we need more Douglas firs and strip malls. <laughs> <laughs> Put it a gravel pit here and they'll be right like home. Yeah, exactly. You know what? We need a quarry. We need, a, we need like, a used quarry. Can you just put one of those over there? Yeah. Uh, okay, so that's so what if the terraforming teal- machines create quarries? Sorry, while they're running. What if the terraforming machines are powered by rock? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yep, exactly. Two birds with one stone. 
Uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, they're putting sunscreen on, and they're and I, and I almost feel like part of me thinks, and I'll I'll get back to this later, but part of me thinks that they're almost explaining. They're like, look, we wanted to do a sun planet, but we didn't have the budget, so we're gonna do this in a forest, but we're gonna pretend that this is a desert planet. So, just, just <laughs> use your imagination, and I feel like this is where they first <laughs> like go into that. Um, There's a lot of exposition about how the sunlight is very harsh and dangerous, and for all the exposition, we never really see any proof of that. Yeah, no, exactly. They're like, I, yeah, well, all right, we'll get to that later. But man, there's like one of the best, <laughs> one of my favorite scenes ever comes later. Um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah, so uh, this. Yeah, so Connor, so yeah, I guess uh, Connor, like this, you know, this guy that ends up in a bunch of different sci-fi later on, takes Daniel hostage, and then in about, and I was thinking, oh, are we going to have another Daniel gets captured moment? But then we don't. Uh, Colonel O'Neill. I was hovering to make a tally mark. Yep, uh, I was getting excited, but alas, it was not not to be. Colonel O'Neill comes and takes uh, Connor's hostage. Uh, and then Connor explains that Jonas has gone totally nuts. Um, and then O'Neill tries to give some orders, and he we get the classic line. Does it say Colonel anywhere on my uniform? <laughs> I wrote that down just so I would remember it. That was a very good Jackism. And uh, yeah, that's one of my favorite. I mean, that's like a Jack. That's like an O'Neill legendary classic like that's perfect um i was surprised it it was this early in the series yeah i know i wasn't expecting it especially in this episode i wasn't expecting it to be here um but yeah i mean that you know that i guess that would get frustrating i kind of feel like that would be my style of command all right do this no all right well you do this then no (laughs) and i'm just kind of like well all right then I feel like that would be me as a commander. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, yeah, then I would just make some sarcastic comment. That would totally be me. So yeah, and then Carter starts talking about her ex. She's like, you know, Connor's like, yeah, no, Jonas has gone totally insane. He's like trying to rule over the people here on this planet as their god. And Carter's like, yeah, I'll bet he is. Like that's like he totally did that like to me and everything. She's doing like the classic thing where, you know, you mention your ex and you're like, they're literally the devil. They're literally the devil. So if memory serves, um, at least if she, she didn't drop until like halfway through the episode that they had been engaged at one point, was she just like being very weird and trying to flag something was up ahead of time? Either I missed a line or they were writing her in a very weird way. Yeah, I guess. I think, uh, no, I thought the gave back the ring line was here. Maybe it was a bit later. I thought it was here. I definitely did, but I could be wrong. Okay, maybe I missed it. Yeah, I mean, anyway, that's, I mean, do you have any exes like this, Val? I'll bet all of your exes were like this. Because mine were. Um, I wouldn't say that. I think, I can think of, like, one, maybe two, where there's kind of a huge eyebrow glad that i live in a different city but what can you tell me about these exes 
I think the... So I, like, as a personality type, tend to attract people who don't really have their shit together because I have my shit half together, so I'm both stable but also relatable. And I usually just, like, try to help people out. So that's kind of a common trend amongst my exes is people who just didn't have their stuff together for way too long. Um, One person who I'm thinking of who was not the most pleasant was just very controlling and had very high expectations and i'm glad to not run into that person anymore yep well i don't know i think i yeah i think it's natural to be like oh yeah my ex is just total human garbage no matter who they are if they're your ex they're human garbage and carter's totally doing that here so then we see a guy with intense sunburn and i think is this jonas i have i have a note written that says guy with intense sunburn i think it might be jonas but it also Um. might be I think so. He kind of had the most sunburn. Or maybe maybe it was Connor and they're in the camp setting up the alarm. Anyhow, this this was going to trigger... What's the worst sunburn you've ever had? I've usually been pretty careful with sunscreen. Um, I've had, like, unpleasant sunburn on my shoulders before where it was sore for, like, two days. I've, so, yeah, not bad. You I'm know, guessing in Arizona, you've had something far worse. No, actually, in Arizona, I didn't go outside enough to get sunburned. I actually had to take the like vitamin D supplements because I didn't get enough sun in Arizona because I played too much World of Warcraft when I was a teenager. Holy shit, Scott. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Absolute legend. Absolute legend. Yeah, between the... I just... Like episode episode two, you dropped a bombshell about your personal backstory, but this this qualifies. This is up there. <laughs> yeah, I had to take vitamin D supplements living in Arizona because I played. Oh too yeah! Much. By the way, did I tell you that I'm going to Barcelona? No, you didn't tell me that. Where? When are you going to Barcelona? Uh, not until late May. Is that for work? Um, indirectly, it's for Kubernetes stuff, but it's like me doing my thing. I think. Yeah, that's I'm not too sure yet. Well, that sounds awesome then. Barcelona, I actually... I so hopefully it. I get in less trouble than you did. But, like, you probably will encounter the one euro beers. Which, you know... Yeah, and I'm going to have all my Kubernetes friends with me, so that's going to be fun. Yes, exactly. Are you going to tell them the story about me peeing? I'll, I'll see if it comes up with a good moment. <laughs> if you if you end up in a place called Ciento Montaditos, like, it's called, it means 100 little sandwiches... Which is a, <laughs> it's a beer, it's a beer and little sandwich chain in uh, Madrid, and that's where I, or in Spain, and it's uh, that's that's where I got into trouble. So if you end up there, and you're getting one pint beers, and there's little sandwiches also for one euro, then you know that that's where it happened for me. I spent, I spent a lot of time in a hundred little sandwiches. Such a good name. <laughs> yes. Uh, anyway, um, so the worst sunburn I ever had, did, did I tell you the, the only sick day I took in, I think it was 2017, was actually because of a sunburn? Uh, you didn't tell me that, but that kind of tracks. Yeah, so my last name, Reed, actually means red. Hmm. <laughs> So I'm basically the whitest person of all time. Like, I'm like mostly Scottish with some Irish in there and like an English person and also a German way, way back. So about as white as it gets. Um, 
I went flyboarding with uh, Brandon uh, mm-hmm. at some point in 2017, and uh, like I thought I was pretty careful with with the sunscreen, but I ended up getting like a full body, like totally wrecked burn. Um, like I was basically the color of a strawberry. <laughs> and uh, later that night, uh, I think it was a Sunday. So that, that night on Sunday, I got like this horrible itch. Uh, like it woke me up in the middle of the night. It was probably like midnight and I, you know, I was like itching so bad and it was just incredibly painful. And I like Googled what was happening to me. Like, what is sun, like, what is this itchy sunburn that I have? And it's like, <laughs> and it's like this, this forum, it's like this online forum of basically people in my exact scenario where they're like, look, I have this crazy sunburn. It's the middle of the night. I can't go get, <laughs> I can't go get ointment. What do I do? There, and there's like an ex-marine there's an ex-marine on this forum that's like i've literally been through like marine training and i've been tear gassed and i've been subjected to all these gases and this is worse <laughs> and he's and so what i ended up doing was i mean for a while for a while i was completely naked rolling around <laughs> rolling around on the carpet like an inchworm <laughs> trying to make the pains and the itch stuff, but uh, I ended up, I I ended up. It's like when you get the meat sweats, but opposite. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I ended up taking a whole bunch of uh, Benadryl and um, ibuprofen, and then I got in the shower. I turned the shower up to like, it's so hot. It's it's like. Uh, you know, it's like the flames of hell are licking your back sort of thing. And that's, and I just kind of stood in the shower in this weird drug coma. Um, and eventually I was able to go to sleep, but it, it, by this point it was like four in the morning. So I just called and like, that was like traumatic. So I just called into work. I was like, I, you know, I'm not going in. So that was the only sick day that I took in a whole year was that. Jeez, I remember you had a bad sunburn, but I did not know the backstory to that. Yeah, like rolling around on the carpet like an inchworm. <laughs> so anyway, when I saw any anytime I see a like that that sunburn just made me remember that. Um, so anyway, yeah. So I know that's just something I noticed was the sunburn. But anyway, then there were camp ghost stories, um, and they kind of talk about how the the god dude is he like ties people up for seven days because he's a religious figure and everything and then an egghead trips the alarm uh yeah it was a pretty good scene of all hell breaking loose for like exactly 20 seconds yeah everything goes everything goes nuts they shoot some guys and then suddenly they're just gone well teal so is the lieutenant yeah, Teal scares them off, um, and yeah, that th- this these guys, by the way, the guys with the wacky hair running around, they kind of reminded me of a. They kind of reminded me of that friend group that I have in a nightclub. They're like running around, like do like, making the gorillas. Yeah, grunting noises. Like this is what they're <laughs> like. This is what they're like. Um, but anyway. Um, 
Yeah, no, and then here I have another note that Carter was talking about, you know, oh no, this is totally, like, I don't think he's crazy at all from the set. This is just what he's like. And his dick is small. Like, I, he, he, I never came. I never came. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I faked it every, I faked it every time. I think his dick was actually three inches long. Like, that's Carter, so that's Carter. Um, they, they're they going looking for Connor, and that's what Carter's, you know, saying. There was another good campfire bet while Sam was doing that bit of complaining, <laughs> where Daniel was also living in his own private little hell because he had macaroni and cheese that tasted oh, yeah. like chicken. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and then he, like, and then he, like, uh, he does, and at one other point, he, like, uh, Picks up, picks up like a spoonful and drops it in, and it's like fully liquid. <laughs> so, I love my mom, and she did a great job as a single mother. But we had a lot of very like cheap freezer type food because she was busy as a kid. And let me just say, I can relate, Daniel. I've been there. <laughs> You've had macaroni and cheese that tastes like chicken. I've had macaroni and cheese that tastes like all kinds of things. <laughs> what was the weirdest one? Um, the weirdest one was probably the chickeny of taste. Oh boy. I wonder, was it just like residue left over in the pan? I honestly don't think that it was, that there was chicken in it. I think it's more that like when you have a certain kind of bland organic flavor, it does approach chicken. Like when it tastes like chemical chicken as opposed (laughs) to cheese and pasta. Yeah, okay. Chemical chicken. Yeah, I guess, like, yeah. Synthetic chicken is, uh, I guess that's a taste that you find in a factory food. It sure is a taste. Food sometimes. Anyway, Daniel's eating the extreme version of that, like the most synthetic food. (laughs) The most synthetic food that there is. Um, He's having a bad night, and Sam isn't being sympathetic enough for him. Yep. Yeah, he's. I guess he's just not used to the military lifestyle, <laughs> where it's like, "Am I eating cat food right now?" And then the other soldiers are like, "Yeah, oh, we just kind of try not to think about it. Like, maybe, maybe, but I don't know. Just, just eat it. I don't know." <laughs> Daniel's like, "I really don't want to eat cat food." <laughs> uh, yeah. So then they're kind of looking out over. They're kind of looking out over. Uh, Jonas um, after Carter's like no 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 I'm telling you like when he's hard it's two inches long <laughs> so, and then, and then yeah, they're, so, they're looking up so they've gone to the quarry area and Jonas is staked up there just to kind of circle back yeah yeah so Jonas is staked up there and this is the part where I was like they wanted to do this in the desert because Jonas is out there and he's trying to look all hot um, but it's literally raining a little. It's it's literally it's drizzling. Like like we you know we live like right here and we know what that weather is like. And it's not hot. And it, they're trying to make it look like they're trying to make it look like the sun is beating down and it's actually misting. And it's just it does it does not get the point across. It was brutal. So Scott, you said that we would circle around back to this later. Well. And completing the circle. Yeah. They would not shut up about the sun. And yet, 
like how dangerous it was, how you couldn't be in it at all, how everyone had to stay underground all the time. There's these people in like shitty mock desert clothing, just wandering around doing their labor, <laughs> not well protected at all. They're good, apparently. I mean, apparently they're not good, but like more for being overworked to death than sun death. Yeah, but I mean, why also wouldn't they, uh, like, why wouldn't they use those clay heads? I mean, at least use the clay heads. The the egghead things that the soldiers wear. Like, you would think that would... They'd be those over the head with the sun things so much, and yet nothing lined up other than the dialogue. No, it was literally, like, when you look at the screen, you're like, oh, they're, like, a little wet and cold. Uh, and it's definitely cloudy, and it's probably, like, around 9 degrees. And it's, like, I understand that you're trying to, like, the sun is, like, scientifically it makes sense, but, like, I think that it visually would have made a lot more sense if that looked like an Abydos-type place. Yeah. Even if they picked a better day or a better season, like, I guess their filming schedule must have been too constrained. Yeah. But... Yeah, you can't get across, like, you can't get across, like, the sun is the danger when it's raining. Like, you just can't do that. <laughs> um, that, and there was such a huge emphasis on how they were stuck underground, yet they were able to function so well above ground in extended periods of time. Yeah, they're just working away. I know, and, and it's like, oh, well, the guy's, like, tied up at the stake, and they're like, oh, well... I'd rather I'd rather get shot than be tied up at that stake. There's people just like running around. I guess they are quarrying. Um, and then there's people just literally just working. And it's like what? I don't understand. Like huh, I don't know. Yeah. So we get a couple kind of rapid back and forth scenes with this because Sam is Sam's complaining about what's going on and. Jack is trying to plan an assault where he's going to go in there and do a bunch of shoot 'em ups and try to get, uh, what was the lieutenant's name? Connor? Yeah, I think it was Connor. He's going to try to grab Connor and bring him out. And Sam just keeps going, this isn't going to work. This isn't going to work. And so she's off frame for like 20 seconds. And then Jack's getting all ready and he just sees Sam walking into the camp and immediately <laughs> getting fantasy arrested. Yeah, exactly. And then she's like, and then he's like, "Oh well, well, this is no big deal. Probably the only way we could have gotten in anyway." <laughs> I was like, "Are you serious? Why aren't you more pissed?" He's just—he's gone such a fast curve that he just doesn't care about insubordination anymore. <laughs> yeah, but also like he needs the little Velcro patch that says Colonel to make anything happen. Yeah, exactly. And then he can, like, rip it off and, like, hand it to someone be like, see? <laughs> but, uh, I mean, you would think he'd be a little bit more worried about this, too. Because it's like Carter gets captured, and he's like, ah, no biggie. <laughs> like, that's not no biggie, you know? Like, it's at least a little concerning. Um, but, let's see, where do we, uh... So... So SG-1 decides to ambush a straggler who walks away from the group to go down to a stream. Yeah, that's right. That was kind of an amusing little scene where the guy goes and washes his face and then Daniel crouches next to him. Just kind of waves. <laughs> I liked that. That was, that was pretty good. Yeah, so they interrogate him for more background. They get kind of the, like, 
already explained slash to be expected background about, oh, this guy showed up, he had powers, he told us that he could like lead us to a glorious future. That took a few more minutes than I thought it needed to, dialogue-wise. But there's this kind of interesting claim that he makes about how uh, Jonas claims that he can help them by healing the sickness and making the sky orange. And that maybe had scratched because I thought I'd missed a couple uh, lines of dialogue before Tilk jumps in to say that he thinks that that refers to a gold force field and using that to protect against the sun because that creates an orange dome in the sky. Yeah, I actually thought there was a there was a lot there was kind of a lot of like I don't know story or exposition or I don't know how you want to call it in a very short period here, but uh, I liked the the back and forth between Carter and her ex. You know, he's basically like, "Yo, I got this uh, broken thingamajig here. Can you fix it? You're more of the handyman in the relationship." Yeah, as soon as um, as soon as Tilt kind of has the realization and quizzes um, quizzes the villager person on some symbols and stuff, we just get like the snap cut to Sam being introduced to, to the device. Yeah, and then you know she's like, "Well, why didn't you just ask them?" how it works or whatever and he's like oh well i'm supposed to be all knowing you know and she's like oh yeah i know this is like that time we got lost in nevada because (laughs) someone didn't want to ask for directions and uh i liked uh i liked when the the guy and then you know teal and everybody is like drawing pictures of you know these we we learned that there's kind of these two shields and i loved like one of my favorite scenes ever is teal smiling because um, the guy's like, don't kill me, don't kill me, he's a Jaffa. And then Daniel's like, or I think it was O'Neill's like, Teal'c, why don't you smile? Like, show how friendly you are. <laughs> and then the smile that Teal'c gives is just absolutely legendary. Um, <laughs> just really, really good. Um, Great smile. Yeah, and then Jonas again. Let me smash cut back, and then Jonas kind of proposes to Carter again, and he's being a bit of a creep about it. Yeah, so, and it, yeah, I thought it was interesting. We get uh, uh, Jonas talking about, he's like, oh, well, been looking for God this whole time, carrying around this Bible, and I was right here the whole time. He's really laying it on thick. Yeah, but it's it's actually funny, though, because this happens a lot of the time. Like, um, people, like people, like, get into, like, meditation or or things like that and you kind of learn like uh that you're kind of like you're kind of it's like the whole one with the universe thing and then people can uh like they kind of backwards rationalize once they think once they understand that they're one with the universe that then they all of a sudden think that they're god which is uh i don't know just kind of a funny it's it's funny how like this kind of thing does happen to people like they go nuts with this um, and Teal'c explains how power, having power, doesn't make you a god, which is one of the strongest motifs in all of Stargate. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was, I don't know, I thought that was kind of nice. Like, I actually kind of like that uh, motif running through Stargate a little bit. Um, and I thought that this was a good, I thought it was a good, like, way of explaining it. It's like, well, he's just being the Gould in a different way. He's human, but he's still being the Gould. So they kind of like put the same scenario in a bit of a different light. I, I agree. They kind of 
they approach that kind of classic conflict from the opposite direction because usually it's hey we come in we have power but we're not we're not the ghoul and we're not evil and here's someone else kind of taking the ghoul's place because they are wielding that power differently yeah um so i thought that was good um yeah to explain so there's two devices and then we have and then we have the scene where o'neill walks in and tries to bring connor out but then uh jonas's follower decides to put a stop to that and do you understand why jonas's follower is being a follower at this point i i don't i didn't really understand that because you would think he would i mean one person going off the deep end maybe two people going off the deep end yeah like it's clearly not going to be a good or glamorous life by the way i interrupt this something very important's happened with Jack getting captured, that means the gang is captured. Really? But it's only... Our definition Our definition was two or more members of the crew. Oh, really? Okay, well, I guess uh, the gang gets captured by uh, evil SG team member then. So, I'll, I mean, we could revise the number again to everybody, but... I think it's got to be at least three. I, I don't think two is enough. Okay, well, I'll scratch that out. We can have the gang get separated. And then the gang gets captured. Nah, if we if we do the gang get separated, that will be like literally every second episode. Yeah, all right, let's do... I think we got it up to at least three. The gang gets... Curiously enough, Daniel wasn't captured this time around. Yeah, I thought he was going to be right at the beginning. I thought he was, but then it didn't happen. Oddly enough, Daniel is the one that comes to the rescue in this episode. Um, but yeah, so O'Neill and Carter get captured and, uh, Jonas is about to have them walk the plank before he blows everyone's mind by turning the sky orange. Yeah, they do a very cool thing where they flip Stargate around and they do a literal walking of the plank. Yeah. Where he even kind of snidely dials up Earth and then they kind of do the exposition of, oh, the iris is going to be closed anyway. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then Jonas, you know, Carter's like, why don't you just send them back and, like, leave the iris open? And Jonas is like, because I'm an asshole. You know that. You remember. Sam was playing it, like, pretty thick, but he's playing it thicker. Yeah, yeah. Like, if anything, I think she was understating. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um... His dick was one inch. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. And then, yeah, they got the Stargate has, like, a cool orange effect. Um, but, yeah, Daniel comes to the rescue, and, and uh, they get into kind of an argument. Daniel's like, no, 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 this is a gun. It's a machine. Any of you could work it. It's not special. And Joan is like, oh, yeah? Well, check this out. And then he presses the button, and kind of nothing happens. They turn on him instantly as soon as Daniel has this tiny bit of exposition about how it's just a device. Oh, yeah. And I thought that was a bit fast as well. Um, but yeah, Daniel's like, no, 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 there's two. Check this out. And then they give the signal to Teal, and then the sky turns orange. And then Daniel's like, yeah, this guy was lying to you. Um, and then it was like, literally, they didn't even give it a second thought. Like, he's their god at one minute, and then 
you know, three seconds later, they're like, this guy's going into the pit of hell or whatever they think the, the Stargate leads to. They're like, we're not even, we're not even thinking about this. You're done. Like, you're toast, buddy. Very creepily, he tried to grab Sam and throw them both through. Yeah, he's like... he was then pulled away and thrown by the villagers. He's like, you're coming with me. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. It just, like, goes to show how much of a dick he is, I guess. So I guess Sam's taste in uh, men isn't, like, the greatest. I mean, we see some questionable judgment along the way. Yeah, this, though, is probably the worst... I don't think I don't think any of my exes. I mean, she are judged she judged bad. correctly. Yeah, I don't think any of my exes are this bad though. Uh, Definitely no. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah, and then yeah, they the people throw the guy into uh, the Stargate, which is kind of a dark ending. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I think that was pretty much I think that was pretty much it, wasn't it? What else, what happened after that? Um, not much. Stargate really likes to do kind of the 90 seconds of wrap-up dialogue after a big dramatic scene. Yeah. So they just kind of, like, summarized what happened and go about their business. Yep. Yeah, back to Earth, you know, head on to the next planet. I guess Carter's like, man, thank God. I couldn't have standed my ex running around the base with me all the time. <laughs> Super weird. But... Yeah, uh, did you like this episode, Val? I did. Um, it was maybe like four out of five stars. There was some, there was a lot of kind of iffy parts of it, but I really liked the core story of it, and I feel like they executed it decently. Yeah, I liked it. Um, I'm not sure... I'd give it, like, a good... I actually thought there were relatively few iffy parts or holes in it. Um, but I, I didn't think it was, like, really special. I thought it executed pretty well, but it wasn't super thrilling. Um, like, they hit the motif of, like, you know, power is not the same thing as... Like, having power doesn't make you a god... Um, and like abusing power and technology makes you evil and they did it in a pretty good way it was a little bit goofy I don't know I would, I would give it like a 3 out of 5 even I definitely didn't dislike it and I did like it a bit but uh, I was on the cusp but kind of the deciding factor for me is that I wasn't bored while I was watching it and that has not always been the case with this series yeah that's true but yeah uh, also like it there was the line doesn't say colonel anywhere on my uniform which is one of my faves so so i was gonna ask who your guy was but i am i'm suspecting i know the answer to that it was teal when he smiled it it was a hundred percent teal's smile that was my guy that was that was a pretty good one uh who was yours mine was jack although not for the colonel scene it was when um, I think Daniel was crouching down having a discussion with that villager. And I like how we just call like all the alien humans villagers. Um, Jack in the background was just doing the absolute worst job of putting sunscreen on his face. I didn't see that. He was just really, really doing it gingerly and clearly 
like not covering his face properly. <laughs> you can tell he's one of those kids who got like wrestled down by his parents and had sunscreen put on him. Yeah, there you go. I I don't know. I missed that. I kind of want to go back and watch that part now. It was it was subtle, but it really stood out to me, especially because I was so exasperated by the amount of hype about how bad the sun was. Like even even your character isn't taking it seriously. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I like those little background bits of acting in Stargate. I haven't really noticed them to this degree. Um, in, Usually in you're the one other, to notice these things. In many other series. I know I am, so that's why I'm sad that I missed this one, because I don't remember that. But right, yeah. Let's see what we have coming up next week. All right. Looks like we have episode seven, so I was wrong about the number of this episode, Cold Lazarus. Yeah, so O'Neill faces up to the death of his young son after coming into a con. Yeah, I remember this one, the the weird crystal. Yeah, I remember. There's like an O'Neill copy that runs around Earth, and then it's basically a characterized Jack O'Neill episode. Interesting. I don't think I remember this. Uh, I do. I do pretty well, actually. Yeah. Well, I remember like the the. Well, there's like a couple of scenes that I remember. We do see Jack's wife. Um, that's what I remember. Yeah, I don't remember how I felt about the episode, though. All I remember is the name, so that's not a great sign. Yeah, I don't know. Well, this, uh, I don't know, this should be good. Um, not gonna veto this one or anything, but, yeah. Um, yeah, anything else? I have my... I have my eye firmly set on episode 21, Politics. Oh, yes. Uh, episode 20. Yep, episode 21, Politics. The uh, Kimsey slideshow episode. Are there any ones before that that uh, I remember? I don't really remember. I believe that was the first one. Oh, I'm pretty sure Ben actually used that as like my intro to the series to try to catch me up. And it, I just couldn't follow because they didn't even pick good clips. Yeah, that's funny. It's funny as you would try to, you would try to, inter- like bring someone in. Like, look at how good the show is with that. Oh man. <laughs> oh man. All right. Um, yeah. Anything else, or uh, should we wrap up the episode? I think we'll sign out for this week, and then see if. Uh... Next week is going to be a uh, boom or a bust. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, Yeah, all right. Well, I'll talk to you next week.